Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. So Tom, we've been away for <laughs> literally about five seconds here, <laughs> but we're going to pretend that we've been away for much longer. How was um, your week? Oh, you know what? It was fantastic. <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> Positive mental out, uh, yeah. minds, whatever it's called. I don't know. I know so little about that. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> I didn't um, even know what to say then. <laughs> Wellness, stuff like that. But I'm sure people have been on the edge of their seats all yeah. week Yeah. Um, for part two of our top 10 tips for what to do with your money in 2023. Yep. Last week, we covered points one to five. Yep. A quick recap, maybe. Yep. So... Go on, Tom. Quick recap. Number one, review your long-term goals, what you're trying to achieve and uh, your plans and how you're going to get there. Number two, review your financial performance for 2022. Do you need to change anything looking ahead um, for the long term? Number three, review your accounts and what's in them. What type of investments do you want to hold um, for the long term? Number four, when you're investing for the long term, what type of account should you invest in? ISA or pension? What's the best for long-term investing? Uh, and number five, the last one we covered last week was cash, sitting on cash in your bank account or savings. Uh, make that do the most work for you. And if you have any excess, look to invest it. And now we're on to number six. So the best to last, the final, the final five. The home stretch. So number six, we're saying, can you boost your regu- regular investments, your monthly top-ups, or can you activate something like roundups? Yeah. So in this, in, in times where, you know, the cost of living is going up, uh, money is tighter for people, um, you know, it's really easy to cut those regular top-ups that you had into savings or investments down to zero. And you normally go from an amount that was comfortable beforehand straight to zero, and you don't necessarily land on a figure in the middle. Um, but it's really important not to forget the how powerful regular investing can be we've talked about it before it's technically called pound cost averaging or dollar cost averaging um and it's it's a it's a it's a way of basically investing more as markets go down and investing less as markets go up and averaging the costs of your investment and then just also just making sure that money's put to work mm-hmm. on a regular basis and it's and you're putting as much aside each month to position that for long-term growth yeah. um, as possible. So, you know, don't just throw out the idea of putting even small amounts away each month. It may not feel like you're having a huge effect on your overall investment balance, but these little amounts add up. So some some ways of doing that is, is to look at what you can afford each month. Make sure that's going into your investment account on the day you get paid. Mm -hmm. So set up a regular card payment or a direct debit or whatever the method is and make sure that that's just treated as one of your bills almost. So pay that money away into your investment account, into your ISA, into your pension, and make sure that that is set up each month to do that. Um, So that's making it automatic, putting it on autopilot. And then make sure that amount is affordable Mm -hmm. so that you stick to it, but also make sure that it's as ambitious as you can be. Yep. So the key here is not to overpromise to yourself. The key here isn't to go, right, I'm going to save, you know, half my paycheck each month and I'm going to put it in my investment account and it's going to be great and you know, by the end of the year I'll have saved x and you know, in 5 years time I'll be, I'll retire. Because what tends to happen if you if you're over ambitious on the monthly top up is that 
you put it in and then halfway through the month, you run out of money and you have to withdraw it. Yep. And, you know, investing is not a short-term activity. You shouldn't be doing intra-month investing. It's not It's not the way to go. Yep. But if you set it too low, obviously, if you're putting £5 a month away, then, you know, with the best will in the world, that's not going to be transformative even over really long time periods. So it has to be an ambitious amount. It has to be ideally linked going back to point one last week to that long-term plan. Yep. And and something that feels slightly uncomfortable but 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 also achievable basically yeah we see in it we see from our customers who 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 use our app that the ones that have roundups turned on to round up the spare change it's an easy way to save an extra you know 50 quid or more a month without even realizing you're doing it and then set yeah. against you know maybe your regular investment of 150 a month it's a huge increase. So and, just remind uh, people what roundups are, Tom. How they so work. yeah, so you, so you basically link your bank account um, when you are when you're investing, and then say you went to the shop and you you bought a coffee for three pound fifty flat white inflation. Um, it would round up to the nearest pound fifty p into your investment account, and you can even add on an extra pound or two you yeah. know, per roundup. So it can be a really easy way without you even thinking about it of accumulating an extra fifty seventy five quid a month, which taken over five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, really starts to add up and have, yeah. add, add a meaningful difference to, to, to your investment outcome. The, the other thing I'd just say on those regular investments, whether it's roundups or, or a monthly or weekly top-up or a combination of all those things, is that it also helps with the smoothing of the, of the investment journey. Yeah. So when you're looking at volatile times and when markets are moving up and down really wildly, if you've regularly put amounts in, then it smooths that it smooths those uh, fluctuations in the market. It smooths how you've entered into entered into those investments. So psychologically, it has that benefit as well of of you don't feel like you're on as much of a wilder ride. Yeah. You've not got a fixed amount that you then see move up and down um, in the short term. Yeah. What you've got is this smoother, more more steadier growth in your investment over the long term. So there's a couple of things. One, it's sort of you know, you're putting money to work. Two is you can almost sort of trick yourself into putting more money away than, yeah. than you thought you had. And three, it just it just leads to a smoother investment journey over time. So there's multiple yeah. advantages of keeping regular top-ups and trying to stretch yourself to put more in in, a, in an affordable but yeah. ambitious way. It's like, like habit formation, any new habit formation, try and make it as easy as you possibly can for yourself. And investing is no different. So make it as easy as you possibly can, set it, have roundups on and just let them run and forget it. Yeah. Number seven, um, review your current sustainable and impact investments. Are they actually impact or greenwashing? So if you dare to hold any impact investments that are not with us, how, do, how dare you? Um, even even with us, you should still do this with with, with our investments too. So what you see in the, the general you know sustainable uh, impact investment market at the moment, there's, there's, there's new stories, seems every day, every week, um, if you're paying attention to the industry news that Billions of investments that are invested in supposedly sustainable uh, and impact funds are basically getting downgraded. And so what that, what that means is there are some uh, regulatory classifications in, in Europe and the UK of, uh, of the kind of highest ranking of sustainable and impact funds and what you can call yourself. Um, Article 8, Article 9 investments, if you want to look them up, are, are what they're called. And so if you're an Article 9, you're meant to adhere to the highest um, sustainable and impact standards and, and be investing in, uh, in accordance with them. And so what you see at the moment is a lot of a lot of funds getting downgraded on that. And so yeah. they are they weren't ever set up to be the, the highest uh highest of standards. 
standards, and they're obviously being you know downgraded, and you know that's crystallising the fact that they're that they're not um, they're not perhaps what people thought they were. And there's a lot of regulation coming around the corner in the coming years that will uh, only allow genuine impact funds and genuine sustainable funds to call themselves that. And so the important thing for you to do, and practically uh, for now, is to look at the funds that you hold, the investments that you hold. We've discussed this in previous podcasts, but check your top five, top 10 holdings um, in your in your funds to see if they look genuine from a, from an impact and sustainable perspective. If there's loads of banks and big tech companies in there, you should perhaps look to see if it's actually achieving what you want from a sustainable and impact perspective. And also the, another key thing is to check how your fund is labeled. If it says ESG, environmental social governance or ethical SRI, social responsible or sustainable, it's probably a good idea to dig a little bit deeper, look at the holdings, look at how it's constructed and see if it's still actually meeting the impact standards and sustainable standards that you're expecting when you've bought that investment. Um, And so really quick things you can do, check holdings, check the labels and see if it's still meeting the, the, the expectations of what you originally bought into. Yeah, and although you're saying there's regulation coming around the corner, Tom, and although you're saying there's like a declassification of Article 8, Article 9, I'd probably say that most invest, most individual investors don't have never heard of Article no, 8, no. Article 9. No, and therefore, not. the only thing you can really go on at the moment is what you, what you know, what's the name of the fund? Do you think that fund is implementing a strategy that fits with its name? And are you comfortable with what it's holding and what those businesses do? Yeah. You know, if you, if you want an impact fund, make sure you're getting an impact fund. If you're happy with an ESG fund, make sure it's a, a good ESG fund. But, <clears throat> you know, you, you have to, I think, there's a, to avoid the greenwashing, to avoid overpaying for something that is saying it's one thing and is actually another thing, you know, the only way to do it is to go through those funds one by one and sort of and 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 do some sort of high level high level check ins on them yourself. Yeah. Cool. A couple of uh, financial hygiene uh, tips uh, outside of investing. Uh, number eight: review your current account uh, for subscriptions and how that might change in 2023. Yeah, so I mean, I think this is just a basic thing to do um, any year, but I think it's important to do it uh, going into into this year uh, based on a few things. So, you know, when I say review your subscriptions, I mean look at your current account yeah. and look at what your regular outgoings are each month, and you know, what look at look at what those regular outgoings goings are, and there'll be some there that you need and you can't avoid. You know, if you're paying council tax there's very little chance that you can change the amount that you're paying or, you know, that you can avoid paying it altogether. So there's some of those that are basically fixed overheads that you just that you just have to take into consideration and, and you pay. There may be some that you have in there that you can look to switch and get a better deal. So energy would normally be one of these. It's not really yeah. in that there's no real comparison uh, available for energy because everybody's on this cap. Uh, that the government's put in. But there are other things, other utility-type things. So mobile phone, broadband, TV, you know, you can save a lot of money if you've been on a a fixed deal that's then rolled off and you're now paying, a, you know, a, a non-introductory deal, you know, yep. especially with things like TV packages and broadband packages. There's a lot of money to be saved by just doing that comparison exercise. And then... The other thing to think about going into 2023 is where may you see where might you see some increases in your costs so if you're paying a mortgage and it's on a current fixed rate that's been fixed at a rate of you know 1. Point something or 2. Point something if that is coming up for renewal in 2023 
you are likely to start paying a much higher rate, either on a standard variable rate from your existing provider or if you go and try and get a new fixed deal out in the market. So you need to start looking at what those deals might look like. Look at the time frame in which those will change and look at what the impact on your monthly payment might be. Now, if you rent rather than own a, own a property, if, you, if you're renting, the same will likely apply. It's a slightly different market, but your landlord is going to suffer the same fate. They're going to, if they have a mortgage on that property, they're going to have to do the same thing. Yeah. So they're going to suddenly start paying a lot more and they're probably going to try and pass on that that increase to you. So you need to have a, you know, it's not as direct in the rental market because supply and demand depends on your relationship with your landlord, where you are, what your tenancy is, et cetera, et cetera. But is there a possibility that that overhead goes up next year? And then are there any of these subscriptions that might go down? You know, right now, everyone is paying an absolute fortune on their monthly uh, payment to the utility provider for, for gas and electric. Now, yes, we're in the middle of winter, so everybody pays more in winter. And seasonally, you tend to go, you, you tend to see the usage go down and therefore your monthly payment go down. Yeah. But it's worth checking that you've not been massively overpaying. Mm. You know, yes, you'd have expected a big jump up, but would you have potentially... Have you been potentially been overcompensating for the for the increasing costs here? So you could find that come out of winter, go into February, March, April. If you're sat on a big credit with your provider, it's worth looking at whether a you're paying the right amount each month, and b whether you should try and get some of that money back. And yep. it's, I think it's worth worth people thinking about. And then the last one I would say when you're reviewing your subscriptions in your current account is, are there any things in there which you just don't use? You know, yeah. Have you ever signed up for, for anything that you now have a subscription set up for, you don't even know what it is or you've forgotten about it or you're paying out for something each month that you're just not using and not getting the value from? So obviously just cancel them. Yeah. And then once you've done that exercise, if you find that you've freed up some cash, do you want to just spend that money, that extra money that you found each month? Or can you use that to put towards, you know, a monthly contribution uh, to an investment or savings account, like we said, on point six? So yeah. it's a financial hygiene thing, as you say, Tom, but, you know, start of the year, it's worth looking at that review and also looking forward to see what might change yeah. um, and see how you can, you know, account for those, basically. Similarly, Martin Lewis, um, number nine, what should, <laughs> what should we do about our debt in uh, 2023? Your debt or my well, debt? My debt, please. I don't care about yours. <laughs> so I'll continue with my Martin Lewis impression as best <laughs> as I can. Um, so number nine is another financial hygiene thing, is, and it's review your big debt. What about small debt? Well, and small debt, really. But it's, it's, <laughs> I think, you know, we've talked before about good debt and bad debt. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have a mortgage and you're paying off a you know, you're paying a cost to live in a house over the next 25 years, yeah. and you know you, you you've you've done the review that we mentioned in the last point, and you and you're on the best deal you can find. Then, you know, you that's generally considered sort of a thing that you could you can just pay over the long term. Now, you might want you may want to try and pay that down over a shorter term. Yeah, that that's it's with, linked to in theory an accumulating asset, isn't it? So exactly, you know, that's good, so, so good debt. You know, it's not something that you should that you necessarily have to pay off in full before you start yeah. investing. It's yeah. something that generally you can run in in, in parallel. Um, but what we're talking about here is how can you get rid of bad debt? And I think it's just about making sure that 
debt like loans, credit cards, store cards, any of these type of things is, is it on the lowest possible rate that it can be? Are you paying it down? Are you actively reducing that debt balance or are you just servicing the interest? Yeah. I, is the monthly payment you're making each month actively bringing that loan down, that credit card balance down? Or are you literally just paying interest to hold that debt? Yeah. Um, and do you have a plan in place to get rid of that or bring that bring that debt down? So, you know, there is no point thinking about investing in anything if you're if you've got big balances on really high interest rates with loans and credit cards and things like that, you just you just yeah. you're just kidding yourself basically. So, you know, a couple of things you can do. Can you look at credit cards? Can you get those to from a from a high rate of interest onto a zero rate? You can yeah. just, just still zero rate balance transfer mm-hmm. options out there, which means that you're not just if you're making payments each month against those balances you're not just paying the interest you're all you're actively you know the interest is frozen at zero percent there's usually fees in order to do that switch but any payment you make is then going off the balance of that credit yeah. card the other thing you can do is can you overpay so are you, are you paying the absolute minimum that's that the, that the provider has set for you can you can you me- increase those payments and can you bring those balances down over over a, sh- a shorter period of time and that basically forms into the the plan of what where do you want your debt to be and set a time frame for it. So have you got that plan that you work out that the monthly payments you're making against any of this bad debt will bring you down to a level that it's either zero or very manageable within a fixed period of time? And you need to do that calculation basically. Yeah. And it's the, it's sort of like the opposite of the uh, of the projections calculator we talked on the last yeah. episode. It's it's you know the reverse projections calculator. So what you plan to bring that balance down, and then the other thing I would say is if you're looking forward into 2023, what are you are you planning to take out any more debt that year? Because mm-hmm. if you've taken out loans and 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 things in the last few years, you'll have been getting money at a very very cheap rate, almost yeah. free. Yeah. Um, if you go and look to take a personal loan out now for an expenditure, those interest rates will be much higher. Mm-hmm. So. You have to ask yourself, is this sensible use of money? Yeah. Is taking a loan out to buy to just just fund some expenditure on something that you don't need the right thing to do? Yeah. Is it going to help you with that long-term financial plan? Uh, and is it something you need to do? So, you know, when you're reviewing everything, debt is a big part of that. Think about um think about, you know, how you can bring your bad debt down. Think about how you can optimize interest rates and have a plan over over a, a realistic period of time to get yourself down to zero. And, you know, mentioned it before, but 2023 is going to be a big year for mortgages for a lot of people, so yeah. you need to have a plan for that as well. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. Um, number 10, a final tip for 2023 is to trace and consolidate your old workplace pensions. So this is pensions you've had from previous employers, places where you've worked, where you've paid into a what's called a defined contribution uh, pension scheme provided by your employer. You've paid in, they've paid in, and you're likely to have accumulated a pot that is in your name, it's your money, it's for your retirement, and you perhaps don't know where it is and don't know how much you've got. So Give us some stats, Tom. Some stats here that just off the top of my head, I haven't written them down or anything. Um, I, can see, I can see them here. Oh, come on, Matt, bless you. Um, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> Original research, not by us, by our friends at Make My Money Matter, the pension campaigners. So there's uh, it's estimated to be 37 billion of unclaimed or lost pensions in the UK, affecting uh, uh, 1.6 million people. So that's 23 grand each uh, for those people that are affected. And that's money that most of those people didn't know they had, that they, they, they effectively lost. Um, and now it's never been easier to find, get visibility of those pensions, consolidate them, invest them and help you plan a future, uh, future for your retirement. And also in an in a, in a, in a economic environment where people are feeling the pinch, there's a cost of living crisis, you know, inflation, all the things we've talked about. It's a way in which you can find money that is yours that can make you feel richer. It could be tens of thousands of pounds that you didn't even know you had that you can bring into one place, uh, invest the way you want to uh, uh, to invest it and help you start to plan towards that retirement that, 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 that you're hoping to save for um, and build a financial future for yourself and build wealth. So I think that's... Uh, it's 10th on the list, um, but I think it's really, really important um, because the amount of people that we have, we obviously, do, we have this service for our, for our customers and um, that we have for the, uh, for the uh, in the app where you can punch in a few details and we'll go and find your, your old pensions. It's amazing the amount that people discover once they've put in those details. We're talking tens of thousands, if not more uh, yeah. for people, depending yeah. on how many jobs and how, how, uh, how many years you have in your career. So I think it's a, it's a really good way to, to, uh, start the year in 2023 by doing that bit of financial hygiene for yourself. And you could discover that you've got more money to your name than you think. So that's our top 10. Top 10. Finished. Um, a little aside, Tom, and I, I know you've, we've worked hard on putting these 10 together, but I, uh, <laughs> I have discovered chat, uh, GPT this week. And what um, is that, Matt? It's like a magic online wizard that you can ask <laughs> questions to. <laughs> Is that right? Is what? it is it a, a, a is it a, a guy? You know, you know, you just you just you just give him questions. Is it an actual physical wizard? When I was growing up, there was a thing called AQA where you could text a number with any question; it would give you an answer. It's basically that, but online. And, I don't want to know what you were powered texting. By, powered by robots. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in a bid to replace you on the pod, I um, does it speak in a slight Wigan accent? I asked Chat GPT. <laughs> what are the 10 best things I can do for my personal finances next year? And literally within five seconds, it came up with 10 fairly decent ones. On, I mean, man. not necessarily investing related, but just wider. So, yeah. so number one, create a budget and stick to it. Sort of like one of ours. Yeah. Pay off high interest debt, well, number two. There we go. Three, save for an emergency fund. Four, invest in your retirement account. Mm. Five, increase your income. Is that Jacob Rees-Mogg? Is he the wizard? Increase your income, ask for a pay rise. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. That's why we didn't put it in as ours. But <laughs> this is a heartless robot, Tom. A it heartless is. robot wizard. <laughs> Number six, build your credit score. That's good. actually yeah, a, good a good one. That's that, a good that, one we didn't that, think of. That yeah. we, we missed, so already, Shit. already it's outsmarting us. <laughs> Seven, Protect your assets. Consider insurance to protect your assets, okay. such as health insurance, life insurance, and property insurance. <laughs> your life is an asset. <laughs> life insurance is a good one that a lot yeah. of people miss off. Um, you know, it's, it's so again, you know, it's probably outdone us there as well, Tom. Yeah. Uh, save for big expendi expenditure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I said don't take out unnecessary debt. Yeah. So yeah. maybe I was half right on that one. Um, review your investment portfolio. Yeah, okay. Tick and 10 Plan for the future. Yeah, good. Don't I mean, forget to think long term. So, you know, I think there's long. There's obviously long versions of those answers. So, I mean, it's uh, it's quite interesting. What I would say is there's absolutely no northern charm and humour that comes through in chat 
I think we're uh, we may be a year or so away from being fully replaced. I just need to find a robot to read the read the ten out, and then <laughs> and then we've got a new podcast. <laughs> Maybe we'll use it for future episodes. Um, help us plan for the future. And so, yeah, that was that's the top ten tips, and that's Chat GPT's tips. Um, Thank you very much for listening. One thing I would add for those of you that are uh, inclined, we are now putting the full episodes on YouTube, the full video episodes on YouTube. So you can see us messing around. You can see us reading notes. You can see us fidgeting. You can see how unprepared we are. You can see us looking at the stop clock and making sure we're running on, we're running on time. Um, and so, yeah, um, uh, log into YouTube and, uh, and watch the videos um, if you wish. For now, thank you very much. And if we're not replaced by robots, we'll be back next week. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.